this is um very uh heart felt for me so i try to give you what god has given me and and i always preach from where i am i never step beyond my boundaries the truck driver's got a my husband's a truck driver truck driver's got a saying stay in your lane i know how to stay in my lane so you know I, i'm i'm preaching from my lane today amen thank you jesus well father we honor you we lift you up we bless you and we magnify you it's always a privilege to be in your presence it's a daily privilege to wake up and know that you still love us and we've been adopted in and grafted into your, your family, your presence, and your mercy. Lord, we thank you for your mercy that's new every day, Father. Now, Lord, I just ask that you just give me wisdom as I break open your word. Give your people an ear and a heart to receive. I take authority over this atmosphere. And Satan, I bind you and I break your power and I command you to go right now in Jesus' name. And no one will be stolen from today. Everything that the fear of the Lord wants to say to re- so the folks can receive, so that their weapons can be sharpened, they will receive it today with no devil in hell forbidding them in Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord. I bless you and I honor you. Thank you, Lord, for giving me your words and your wisdom and your power to execute your word the way you want me to, too, Father. And I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to talk about staying faithful to God. Amen. Staying faithful to God. So I'm going to start and I'm going to use a very unlikely example. And I'm going to use our brother Peter. A lot of times you think of Peter, you think of, oh, he's so arrogant. Jesus, I want to get out. Let me walk out there with you, Jesus. Peter's like a lot of us. We all got a lot of Peter on the inside of us. You know, Peter was his boy, but then when the posse showed up, Peter was the first one to whip out that knife and cut his ear off. Peter was a little, he had a little hood rat in him, you know, but he loved Jesus. (laughs) But you know what? Peter stayed faithful to God. Amen. So this is what we're going to talk about, and hopefully we can see all of ourselves in it to know that no matter where life takes you, stay faithful to God. He'll never turn his back on you. Amen. So I'm going to start. Let's turn to Luke chapter 4, verse 38. Let me see. I need to turn there too. Okay. Luke 4, 38. And this is just, I'm only reading this because this is where in the book of Luke, now I just chose Luke because this is what I'm preaching out of because it's my, it's my sermon. So. <laughs> So in Luke, this is where Peter is first mentioned. So that's what I went with. So Luke 4 and 38, it says, oh, you know what? I Okay, you know, let me, yeah, Luke 4. Let's go to Luke 4, but I thank you, Lord. But I want to start up higher. And I'm going to read, and I, and I saw that. I want to read it from the Amplified. I'm going to read this from my phone because I really like the way, um, this is the Amplified classic. I really like the way that, um, that this uh, started out. So anyway, Luke 4, I'm going to start reading in verse 18. And I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible. And this is when Jesus introduces himself. himself. So this is, he was not the guest speaker. And with the response that he got, obviously he was not on the program. But Jesus stood up and he announced himself. So Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 18, out of the Amplified, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, 
and forgiveness to the captives, and the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And we're still living in that day, y'all. We're, this, we're still under this umbrella. The day when salvation and favor of God abound greatly. We still live in there. Then he rolled up the scroll, having stopped in the middle of the verse, gave it back to the attendant and sat down to teach. And the eyes of those in the synagogue were attentively fixed on him. And then he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in the hearing and your presence. I love it because in my mind, I see him saying this and dropping the mic and sitting down. He said, everything that you've been looking for, right here, right here. And those who had ears to hear, they heard it. Amen. And so, okay, so let's, and then I want to pick back up in verse 32. I'm giving a background. Yes, we're talking about Peter, but I really believe I could be wrong, but I really believe the Holy Spirit was letting me know that Peter was there to hear all this. So in verse 32, we're going to drop down to verse 32. I just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Yeah, we'll go to verse 32. And if we are, we'll come back to it. We're going to have fun today because we talk about Jesus. Okay, verse 32. It says, and they were all surprised and overwhelmed at his teachings. Jesus is still, you know, he's he's at a different synagogue now because when he said all that, they ran him out of that synagogue. So, but he's in a different one now. And he's still been preaching. It says, and they were surprised, almost overwhelmed at his teachings because his message was given with authority and power and great ability. There was a man in the synagogue who was possessed by the spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud and terrible voice, let us alone. What business do we have in common with each other? Jesus of Nazareth. Have you come to destroy us? See, the devil know who Jesus is and they tremble. They have a little talk back, but they scared. They're really scared. He said, I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be silent, muzzled, gagged, and come out of him. And that's what you do. You don't let the devil talk back. You break him down with the word. Tell him to be quiet. We don't do bark bags around here. We don't do throw up. You take authority over the devil. You cast it out, and he's got to go. And he ain't having no show coming out. No, we don't do all that. This ain't, this ain't nothing fantastic. Jesus didn't do the fantastic. He said what he meant. He meant what he said and he took care of business. And that's what we do. And when the demon had thrown the man down among them, he came out of him without injuring him in any way. They were all astonished and in awe and began saying to one another, what is this message? For what authority and power he commands the unclean spirits and they come out? And the news about him spread into every place and the surrounding district. Verse 38. Let's pick up Peter. This is where I first found him. It says, Then Jesus got up and left the synagogue and went to Simon Peter's house. Obviously, Simon was in that service watching the show. He saw that there was something inside of Jesus 
that he needed to have come home with him because he knew he had an ailing mother-in-law at home. Now I'm saying all this now. It says, then Jesus got up and left the synagogue and went to Simon Peter's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was suffered from a high fever and they asked him to help her. Standing over her, he rebuked the fever and it left her. And immediately she got up and began serving them as her guest. Amen. I was, when I read this in Luke, I was a little bit taken back because I was thinking all this happened after his encounter with Jesus and Jesus told him to follow. This happened way before he got up close and personal with Jesus. This happened way before he, they ain't had the boat experience yet. We about to go to that next. And I was like, okay. So Peter was in that synagogue. He was watching him because it said that the news spread everywhere. So Jesus is like, so Peter is like, who is this that got all this authority? Who is this that's making everybody mad? Who is this? He was in one synagogue. They kicked him out. They wanted to throw him over the cliff, but he disappeared in the midst of them and kept on moving and moved to another city and kept kept on preaching. And I, I just love it. And Peter had the ball and the gall to go up to Jesus and say, you know what? I need you to come to my house. My mother-in-law is sick. And he went. I, some, there's just something about Peter. I like him. Amen. It's a lot in, lot in Luke. I didn't see that before. It's because it said he was requested to come and Jesus came. So let's go over to Luke chapter 5. And I'm going to read 1 through 11. It says, so it was, the multitude passed about him to hear the, wait, wait a minute, wait, Luke, Luke 5, 1 and 11. Oh, where do I want to go? Yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's it. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, and he stood by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats standing by, and he saw, yeah, he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets with an S for a catch or a haul. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we've told all night. We didn't catch nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down my net. He didn't say yes. He said, I'm going to let down my net because it's late. And I already done this and it didn't work. So I'm not going to let out all them nets because I know what's going to happen. So I think. And when he had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell down to Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. They were mesmerized. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to him, Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you're going to catch men. And when he had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and they followed him. Amen. So I just want to expound on this. Jesus tells, Jesus tells Peter, let down your nets. S. 
Peter obviously didn't want to do it because he told Jesus, we fished all night and we didn't catch anything. Then Peter says, I'll let down my net. Peter was already thinking, I've docked my boat. I'm cleaning my nets. And now you want me to get back in the boat and row out a little bit so that you can preach to everybody? Really? And then when he, and then now that you stop preaching, I'm thinking, okay, I can wrap this up and go home. And then you look at me and tell me to row back out into the deep waters and go back fishing again. But Peter said, and this is what the Lord was showing me, but he said in his heart, whatever, I'll do it. Peter's heart was all obviously full of great disappointment. That's why he only let down one net because he knew he was going to get disappointed again. He'd been up all night. This is his, this is his livelihood, fishing. Peter is a fisherman. Just like if you're a businessman, Peter is a fisherman. Just like we still have fishermen today. They're not like all in vogue, but the fish that you eat and somebody caught that. That's still somebody's livelihood. Wow, the miracle catch. The other miracle was that James and John, his fishing partners, they never left. Remember, they were all standing on the shore. But when Jesus asked Peter, can I use your boat to preach? Just dock, dock out a little bit. So his partners is probably standing like, what on earth? We got to watch this. And obviously they got in their boats too because they wanted to hear what the master had to say because they was right there. They were right there when, when Peter motioned for them to come on over here and let your nets down. Okay, uh, let me see because I get ahead of myself. Jesus wanted to pay them for their time and the fact that he used their boat to preach. And he wanted to pay them for their inconvenience. And that's one to meditate on. When you serve God and it looks, and the devil tells you, why are you always at church? Why are you always doing this? Why you got to travel? Why are you the one that's always got a vacuum? Why are you the one that's always got to clean the toilet? I know one thing Jesus will pay you for it. You don't ever do nothing for him and he don't reward you for it. Preaching, cleaning toilets, running the camera. If it's advancing the kingdom, it's important. He don't throw out a reward because, well, you're going to get more reward because you do this. No, we're all rewarded. The Lord told me years ago, and this is when we traveled a lot more. He told me there is, this is when I was living in Cleveland, Miss Pat. So, you know, it's been a long time. He told me one time and I was grumbling about something. I'm just going to be, I'm up here. When I'm up here, I'm honest. I know y'all don't ever get tired, but I was grumbling. And the Lord told me years ago, almost 30 years ago, he said, it's a blessing in inconvenience. Every time you need to inconvenience yourself for me, I'm going to bless you for it. Never forgot that. And I used to tell my kids, because <laughs> y'all know Chuck, Charlie, Miss, well, my kids call her Miss Charlie. Miss Charlie will wear you out. <laughs> you know, we traveled the bookstore. The bookstore got to get packed up. Boxes, totes. And I remember I told my kids one time, I said, I don't care what she tell you to do, you better do it. I said, because God is going to pay you for it. I said, and, and that ain't her stuff, no way. It's Pastor Barb's and Pastor Shirley's stuff. Y'all moving her books. I says, I don't care what they ask you to do, it. you better pick it up and do it with a smile on your face. And that's why, like, if Daniel comes here today, Alicia, you can always ask him to take the trash out. And he'll, he, he might fuss at you, but he always can grab that trash. Because when they was little, I told them, I said, I don't care what they ask you to do. You better pick it up and you better do it. Because the Lord told me it's a blessing and inconvenience. And he has proven himself more than faithful.
Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, Jesus gave them the miracle, knowing that Peter had disappointment, resentment, and unbelief in his heart. Jesus made a believer out of all of them, all of them. And see, that goes to show you when God wants to bless you, he looks past your fault. He looks past. See, see we all sometimes, we, you know, every I'm honest, not sometimes as honest as I should be with myself. But if you sit back when ain't nobody listening to you, <laughs> you can say, Lord, you know, I am a little angry with you because I did think this was going to happen by now. Or why did I have to deal with this? Lord, I am a little angry. He, did you, he blesses us anyway. Ain't he good? Because, see, when you marked for a blessing, you marked for a blessing. Like I said, Amos 9 is goof-proof. Like when I said when I was in the uh, parking lot last week and the lady said, I targeted you. And I wasn't fearful because, you know, I just she just had a different thing on her. And she said, I targeted you. I bought these roses and I just, I wanted to bless somebody. And when you got out your car, to, well, she didn't say the Lord. She said, well, when you got out your car, I knew you were the one that I bought the roses for. And I knew it was from the hand of God. And see, that's how God is. When you target it for a blessing, you target it. We all stumble and fall. We don't, when our babies are learning how to walk, we don't beat our babies when they fall. They're learning. What we do, we take their hand, we pick them up. Now we might tell them to slow down, but we don't beat our babies when they fall. And God is so much better. He's a, he's a, he's, he is the example. God is the best father. Amen. So he blessed Peter and James and John, although they were tired. They wanted to go home. They didn't want to go. They were, they were resentful and they didn't, they were in, they weren't in faith. He just said, whatever. God, God bless that. Whatever. I'll do it. Okay. At your word. So remember that when we feel like we got to earn a miracle. <laughs> Think you could buy a miracle? No. <laughs> Okay, it says, so much bigger than catching fish. Jesus was after the heart of Peter, James, and John, the sons of Zebedee. See, to them, they needed some fish to go home with. To Jesus, he had three men he had targeted to follow him to make disciples out of. To go out and preach his word, preach his gospel, to go out and give the testimonies of what they saw after he leaves the earth. They were targeted for something way bigger than some fish. Had nothing to do with no fish. It's a blessing. We can use the story for believing for a harvest, of believing for a miracle. All that is in there. But Jesus was after their hearts. That's what he was after. And it's, it's always a bigger picture when, it, when Jesus is factored in. They caught fish, but Jesus caught their heart. Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was. That's why he fell on his knees and repented and gave up everything to follow him. Jesus gave them, those men, an entirely new career. He radically changed their life. And see, that's what that scripture means when it says that the goodness of God brings men to repentance. It ain't always the beating over the head, the fire and brimstone. I mean, thank God for the fire and brimstone preaching because some folks need it. They need to know this is the penalty for your sin if you don't straighten up. They need that. But then there's that love. See, it's that... It, there's the slap, but then there's the love on the end of that rope that pulls you in. I'm so wretched. How could he be so good? I did this. How could he be so forgiven? The goodness of God brings men to repentance. 
That's why we can love our kids into the kingdom. Yes, give them truth. Because I give my kids truth. My truth just be a little harsh. <laughs> Everybody, but it's it's out of love. You know what I'm saying? Because I'll, I'll, I'll read the riot act of Becky, my daughter. And then, but I'll tell her, I said, but you, I love you. You know, I love you. Do anything for you, but girl, I will kill you if you, <laughs> but it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. You know, we, you know, my kids are older now, so now they say a little bit more. And she said, I just remember my mother talking to me. She would, I would just be thinking, well, you just whoop me already and quit preaching to me. Just whoop me. Just get it over with. Cause <laughs> just whoop me. They didn't want to hear my mouth. <laughs> But I thank God they know how to bind the devil. They know how to get their needs met. And like uh Daniel bought a new truck and uh somebody uh he in the parking lot somebody busted his window out. And I said, Now listen, you wasn't raised like this. I said, You better hit the devil back. I said, You know, we don't play this. I said, You tell the devil he owe you a sevenfold return and he better not ever touch your possessions again. I said, You wasn't raised like this, we don't take this. And he said, I know, I know. I said, well, you better get busy. I said, you better, I, I, I said, we don't, we, you, y'all weren't raised like this. We don't take this stuff from the devil. Uh-uh. No. What's that commercial? How about no? Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to get back on it, y'all. Okay. So let's go to, uh, cause we're talking about, we're talking about staying faithful to God. And so I wanted to focus on how the Lord started working with Peter. And so this is, let's so, well, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 9, and I call it Peter's eyes getting opened up. Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to start reading verse 18. Luke chapter 9, and then I'm going to go from 18 to 26. It says, and it happened as he was alone praying that his, his disciples joined him and asked him, saying, Jesus, this is Peter talking. He said, who do crowds say that I am? So they answered and said, John the Baptist, but some say Elijah. Others say one of the old prophets has risen again. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And I love it because I don't know if anybody else said anything, but it only talks about Peter speaking up. And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ. The Christ of God. And he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed, and be raised the third day. Verse 23. Then he said to them all, If anyone desires to come after me, and see, Peter is taking all this in. You know he is because of the outcome at the end. Deny himself. Take up your cross and daily and daily follow me. See, Peter thought he had all, he thought he did this already when he left his boat, but he hadn't quite done it yet. That's why, like last week when Pastor Barb was preaching, and she said, "Some of y'all need to tell God yes. Some of y'all think y'all done said yes to Him, and the way He wants you to live and what He wants you to do for Him, y'all need to say yes." And I'm sitting there thinking. Lord, she's, it's like she say this every ten years, and every ten years I say yes. <laughs> Well, Lord, I really mean it this time. Yes. <laughs> but every time she says it, I get convicted because, see, I think we can partially say yes, but I don't want to give up this or I don't want to, you know, or, you know, we all got our stuff. 
we, you know, we all got our stuff. But this is what he said. I like this. He said daily. And so I'm sure Peter was probably thinking, I got this. I gave up my livelihood. I used to be a fish, a fisherman. Now I'm running with the big dogs. I'm running with Jesus. We, we doing miracles. I did this already, but you know, I'm good, but you know. And he said, deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is a man to gain the whole world and himself destroyed and himself be destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes to his own glory. And in his father's, let me read this again. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the son of man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and with the holy angels. And so this is, okay, so this is that. So she tells him that. And so I want to jump down because there is something else I wanted. Let me see where else I wanted to go with that. Oh, where am I at? Luke 9. Peter's eyes are being opened up. So, okay, so Peter's taking this. That's all I wanted to say about this. Jesus talked about denying yourself, walking daily with me. Peter's taking all this in. Now, let's go over to Matthew chapter 16. We're building a case. We're staying faithful to God. Matthew 16. And I like to do my background. Matthew 16. And I'm going to read 13 through 23. Am I there yet? No, I'm not. I even got the page written down. (laughs) 1436. Okay. Okay, verse 13. Now, Peter. We're talking about Peter. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples. Okay, did we do this? No, we didn't. Oh, we did it. Okay, we did it. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to do it again in 13. Because we're still building the case. Peter, okay, yeah, because we're talking about Jesus. Peter's eyes being opened up to who Jesus is. Getting that revelation. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, I, the Son of Man, am? So he says, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah's, other Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He said to them, Who do you say that I am? Again, Matthew only talks about Peter. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You know, every every master or teacher wants to see their, their students get it. And he and, and Peter got it. That's why I want that's why I wrote this down, because I wanted to read this version of it. Cause so you got two different you got two different uh, apostles here, Matthew and Luke, only talk about Peter speaking up. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, who was in heaven. And I also say to you, you are Peter. And on this rock, Jesus saying, and I see you. I know who you are too. And that's what he says about us. I know who you are. Know who you are, Miss Pat. Know who you are, Miss Tracy. Mother Winifred, I know who you are. I know what I called you to do. You know me and I know you. Uh, you know, I used to always tell when we go out street witnessing and people would say, uh, oh, I, I know who Jesus is. And I said, yeah, but do he know you? Yeah. I said, hey, I know who Michael Jackson is, but he don't know me. 
And Jesus was letting him know, you know who I am? Yes, I know who you are too. I got you. We, 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 like Kendrick's fears. Yeah, I know who you are. My eyes on you targeted too. You're a marked man too, marked for victory. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who's in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys to the kingdom, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. Now, see, let me see. Yeah, I want to keep going. Verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. See, Jesus was good. He didn't keep anything from them. He prepared them for his death. He, he equipped them. A good teacher, a good, uh, prophet father they always prepare you and jesus he always prepared them he didn't leave them defenseless it says from this time on jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to jerusalem and suffer many things he didn't want them taken off guard they were anyway but he didn't want it like that and that from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and be raised the third day because see in they had you know how your mama give you instructions and you, it's like you only hear half of it. He keep telling them, yes, they're going to kill me. I'm going to be, I'm going to go through this. But on the third day, I'm going to raise again. They didn't, they had to be reminded of that. They had to be reminded of that. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him saying, far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. I told you Peter was, he, he had a soft heart, but then he had that little hood right in him. <laughs> But he turned to Peter and he said, get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. For you are not mindful of things of God, but the things of men. See, let's look at that bigger picture. First, we in the boat. Peter, all he sees is fish. Jesus sees their souls and how he wants to change their life. Here we are again. Peter sees, you ain't going to take my master from me. I love him. He's changed my life. He's going to stay right here. No one's going to do him harm. Jesus, bigger picture. If I don't die, I can't save the world. If I don't shed my blood, the world is damned to an eternal damnation. I got to shed my blood. Bigger picture. Always the bigger picture with Jesus. He's not a small-minded God. Amen. Let me see if I want to stop there. Let me see. Let me see. Where we at? Where we at? Matthew 16. Okay, so I wanted to go back to Luke 9. So something, I just wanted to show that account. Luke 9. And we're going to start in 57. Still talking about staying faithful to God. Okay, Luke nine fifty-seven through sixty-two. Okay. Now what happened is they were journeying on the road that someone said that someone said to him, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, 
birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. And he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. And another one also said, Lord, I'll follow you, but let me first go and bid farewell who are at my house. But Jesus said to them, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. And I wanted to use this as an example because Peter is right there listening to all this, taking all this in. Did I go down to 62? Yeah, I did. Okay, we're talking about staying faithful to God. See, Peter's taking all this in. Peter is like, okay, he got a look. In my mind, he got like a checklist. (laughs) Forsake all. Check. I did it. I'm not a fisherman no more. I don't forsook all. Check. Checkmate. Don't go back home and don't go say, he said, I I, I dropped everything. I hung them nets up for the last time. Checkmate. I got all this. Uh, You know, I'm good. I'm good. He's taking all this in. So let's go to Luke 17. Luke 17. And I'm going to read 1 through 4. And, And again, Peter's sitting right here at the master's feet. Taking all this in. Then he said to the disciples, It is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him from whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and were thrown into the sea that than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day return to you saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. Amen. And so, okay, so now Jesus made this comment, but I want to read this to you from a different translation. Let's go over to Matthew 18. It's such a privilege. It's like, you know, being a fly on a wall because we weren't there, but you got the apostles that were there. So everybody gives their, their revelation on what they heard or how it came out to them. So, uh, Matthew 18, 21 through 22. Cause like I said, Peter taking all this in. Then Pete, cause you know, like <laughs> Peter was a little hothead, you know. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Cause you, <laughs> cause you know, Peter, you know, he, he was always looking around. Why is he always laying his head on Jesus' shoulder? Why is he always, you know, Peter, Peter was the man, but he was also a little jealous. A little jealous. Jesus said to him, I, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a, okay, yeah, that's why I just, well, I wanted to stop right there. So Jesus is letting him know, no, Peter, forgiveness is a lifestyle. It don't run out, just like God's mercy. If you get offended all day, all day long, because John is resting his head on my shoulder, you're going to have to forgive him. You're going to have to forgive him. 
You're going to have to forgive him. So Peter, he's taking all this in. And he, in the back of my mind, this is where the Lord shows me, Peter is sitting here thinking because he's taking all this in. Does he really work like this? Because, you know, is 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 that what he does? Because, see, Jesus is not telling them to do what he don't do. We saw that when it came to washing the feet. And Peter said, you ain't going to wash my feet. And he said, I have to. I, I got to. And see, Jesus doesn't do, he don't tell us to do something he doesn't do. This is a, this is a, it's a lesson, but it's a lifestyle. Peter's taking all the sin. He's learning Jesus is deep. He forgives. He's not easily offended. His love runs deep. What kind of mercy is this? As the song will say, what kind of God is this? And see, Peter, he was, um, and that's why you can't, that's why you can't judge people from the outer. Somebody might look hard and rough, talk rough, hot head, but then on the inside, they might be getting that revelation of Christ. Cause see, God be working on our heart and we be wanting people to work on their mouth. <laughs> or their eyes. Cause I, that's, I, I have to catch myself. Cause my, my eyes. So Jesus be working on the heart and, and our eyes is like, ugh. And so that's what I, that's why I said it's a little bit of Peter in all of us. So he trying to figure this thing out. Okay. Now you talking about forgiveness. How, how deep does this go? Is there a limit? When do they get on my last nerves? And I just, and I cut them out my life. Yeah, and I cut them out my life. <laughs> you know, it was something my father used to say. And I still remember I was living Shannon in Cleveland Heights on Grosvenor, standing in the doorway. And Brother Morris Cirillo was preaching on TV. And he said, you think you know how to love and how to forgive? Well, you can't say I'm a forgive them, but then I'm a handle them with a long handle spoon. And I was, I looked at the TV and I was like, what? Cause my father used to say that. He said, yeah, I forgive him, but after that, I'm going to handle you with a long handle spoon. You ain't going to get close to me no more. <laughs> so that's what, that's what Peter in essence is asking Jesus. How, how long I got to do this? How long I got to love and I got to forgive and then I got to act like it never happened. And when I see them, like we, we starting fresh and we cool all over again. How long I got to do this? <laughs> Jesus. And Jesus is saying, forever. Forever. If you want to follow me, forever. Cause that's what God does. You know, we leave out of church, walk outside and drop your purse, break your, your best glass that got your best flavor coffee in it and a cuss word come out and it's like lord have mercy i just walked out of church i've been there praying in tongues and sweating and <laughs> but what you do you say lord i'm sorry well at least i do <laughs> lord i'm sorry i'm sorry good because my thing i'd be like good lord how'd i say that i'm sorry jesus and so that's why i said we all got some peter on the inside of peter was just he said i just want to check this out is there a limit how you know how deep i gotta go with this thing because your your other disciples they be getting on my nerves how deep we gotta go with this i mean think about these they living they're all living together and i don't care if it's a parent a pastor everybody wants to be 
the chosen. Everybody wants to be teacher's pet. And you know what I like about God? He, we're all his favorite. You know, I can go to Miss Vicky's house. Everything in her closet is custom made for her. It's going to be stuff in there that I don't like. It's custom made for her. And see, that's how God favors us. It's custom made. It's cu- for you. It only fits you. It only fits your taste. And he knows how to make us all. We are his favorite. So that's why we're, that's why when I, when we first, uh, one of the first scriptures, we're all accepted in the beloved. There is, that was one thing. When you came to the watchman, that was a, one of the first things you learned. Ain't no rejection in this house. We're all accepted in the beloved. We're all the apple of his eye. He died for all of us. If we was the only one, he still died. And see, that's how it is. That we're, we're all his favorites. So, you know, that's the disciples. They living together. They, you know, you know, Judas all, Judas had his own agenda. You know, he's sniffing all up to Jesus because he wanted to carry the money. John was always on his shoulder. You know, so, you know, everybody, you know, his, I'm sure his eye, he was always probably like, <sighs> like we do in church. <laughs> Cause I've done it. I've done it. So anyway, okay, we're going to keep moving on with Peter. So, okay, so Jesus, Jesus settled this forgiveness thing. He, yeah, he settled this forgiveness thing. Okay, he's, so I wrote on here, Jesus is teaching them how to live. So let's go to Luke 22. Let's go to Luke 22. Luke 22. And then I'm going to start reading in uh, verse 31 to 34. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat. And guess what? The devil has asked that same thing for all of us. You know, they just use it like Job. You know, and that's what's so funny. Everybody, I know somebody always say, I'm just, I'm just like Job. You know, I'm just going through this and going. I wish I would have known what I know now because I, I would say, oh, you came out with devil. You came out with the devil. You got back everything the devil stole and devil. And you lived long and got a whole nother set of family. And you were one of the richest men or one of the richest women. You like Job? Okay. Okay. But that ain't what they're talking about. That ain't, you know, that ain't what they're talking about. So he's desired to sift us all. But I love this. Jesus said, I pray for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. I love it. See, Peter is a marked man. That night out there with that fish and that boat, had nothing to do with nothing. Then he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you, both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, the rooster shall crow this day before you will deny me three times that you even know me. Okay, let me see. Okay, yeah, I want to stop there. Yeah, that you, yeah. Jesus prepares Peter for his crucifixion experience. Cause like I said, Peter are, he think he got it together. He think he's living the crucified life. I've done it all. I've given up everything. You know, his, he, he done went down his bullets and checked off, you know, when you do an essay, you got the bullets. He checked them all off. And Peter think, you know, I got this. That's why he was like, I'm going to defend you when they come for you. I ain't going to let them take you. You know, so he, he, uh, but this is, this is where we all are. Okay, so let's go to Peter's denial. So, okay, let's go Luke 22, and we're going to jump down to 54. 
Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them, and a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked intently and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I don't know him. And after a little while, another another one saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he's a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you're talking about. And immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter. Now that's had to be heart-wrenching. You was just telling Jesus, I got you. And Jesus is saying, you know what, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And then when he does it, Jesus looks over at him. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord and how he had said to him, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out, and he wept bitterly. And this is what the Lord showed me. Peter wept bitterly. Why? Because the old Peter died that night, too. The old Peter died. See, he thought he gave up everything. You know, that that don't try to save your life. If you lose your life, you'll get it. See, see all this is coming in Peter's face now. He wept bitterly. Why? He that He got crucified that night, too. When he wept bitterly, and Jesus looked over at him after he had denied him, he said, okay, I'm laying it all down. If I die, I die. See, he died that night. That's why he, that was godly sorrow. That's what leads to repentance. Not being sorry that you got caught, but that godly sorrow when you know you have betrayed the father and broken his heart. Godly, that's what leads you to repentance. That's what leads you into a new life. This was Peter's fork in the road. Do I walk away? Or do I stand up and be the rock and build on the revelation that Jesus gave us? Oh, I'm sorry. The revelation that the Father has revealed to me about who Jesus is. Do I embrace and use the keys to the kingdom? Remember Jesus told him I've given you the keys to the kingdom? See, Peter's at the, he's on the, he's on his own cross. He's on his, he's at the, he's on his own crucifixion. He's laying his life now, down now. See, he thought he gave it all up at that boat that night. But the, the test, this is the test. Do I embrace and use the keys of the kingdom that I've been given? Having a surety that the gates of hell will not prevail against me? Everything that Jesus told me. Am I going to do it? Was he lying to me? Jesus told me just a few days ago that forgiveness was a lifestyle. I done sinned against him all day long. Will he forgive me? He looked at me when I denied him. But he told me that that forgiveness runs deep. Seven times 70. Did I use that up? Will he still forgive me? See, see everything that Peter saw 
and heard. And Jesus took the time to tell him this was the day of reckoning for him. See, that's why he wept bitterly. Peter died that night as well. He told he told Jesus, I'll be willing to die. He told him, he told him all that. He said, all that. He said, I'm going to go with you. I'll die with you. Oh, he did that night. He did that night. He did. He died to his flesh. Amen. Okay, so let's see. Let's go to the good news. He is risen. All right, amen. So this is, this, this, this was Peter's, this, and this is, this, that's, this is why this sermon is called staying faithful to God. Cause see, Peter had to make that decision. Do I walk or do I stay faithful? And see, this is where we all are. You know what? 2020, the Lord said that the, the coming year will be a time of the devil test. See this, we've all been tested for, you know, for some of us, maybe the peel hasn't been so hard, but we've all had hard places, you know, and, uh, but see during the midst of a pandemic, look at all these empty seats. We don't travel like we used to. We, this is the second summer we haven't had a conference. Can you stay faithful to God? It's so easy to stay home and watch TV, watch the internet, you know, watch us online. A uh, little Howard put something on Facebook. He said, the more you miss church, the less you miss church. And I said, that is so true. <laughs> yeah, you're comfortable. You know, can we stay faithful to God? He stayed faithful to us. We ain't never, we didn't run out of food. Look at us. We ain't run out of toilet paper. You know, <laughs> we still here. Can we stay faithful to God? And I'm just going to go here. I know some folks don't like it, but I'm going to go here. We had an election and a lot of Christians were greatly disappointed because they wanted a different outcome. Can you stay faithful to God? Can you stay faithful to God? Can, can God still work with somebody else in the White House? Can he, can you stay faithful? You gonna keep praying? Can you stay faithful? So this where what Peter went through, we all come to that fork in the road. You're going to lay your life down and, and live the narrow road. It's easy to pray it because I pray it. I pray it for my kids. You know, stay on the narrow road. Lord, let my kids stay on the narrow road that leads to life. Don't let them take pleasure in the, in the broad road. It's easy to pray it. Are we living it? Are we living it? And so we all come to that fork in the road like Peter did. We can't look at Peter and say, tisk tisk. We all have our, our crucifixion. All right, that time where we have to lay down our life. Am I going to hold on? Am I going to stay Nola Darlene and do what I want to do? Or am I going to be God's servant, the handmaiden, new identity, new responsibilities? Put him first. We all come to that fork in the road. So anyway, okay, Mark 16, let's go to the good news, y'all. He died, but then he rose up. Page 1501. I guess I'm doing okay. I, I'm usually, I'm usually the timekeeper, so, okay. <laughs> but I know I don't usually go that long, so. Okay, 1501. And I'm gonna read verse 1 through 7. Mark 16. Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salam brought spices that they might come and anoint him. Very early in the morning, 
on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. And they said among themselves, Who will roll away the stone for the door of the, from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw the stone had been rolled away, and it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting on the right side of the, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Don't be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He's risen. He's not here. Hallelujah. See the place where they had laid him? But go to his disciples. This is what I love. The angel said, go to his disciples. And Peter. And Peter. Why did he say, and Peter? Because he knew Peter had made that decision. But yet, Peter had a broken heart. He made the decision to follow Jesus. But at the same time, he has a broken heart. Because he felt like he let him down. He betrayed him that night. I love it. He says, go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before them into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. See, he told them all this. He said, I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. They didn't remember that part. They didn't remember that part. See, Jesus wasn't letting Peter go. Just like when we want to get stupid, he ain't going to let us go either. The Bible says that he is forever married to the backslider. Forever married. We got a chain on our ankles. We got a hook in our jaw. We got an ear pier. We we connected. We're one flesh. And I love it. He wouldn't let Peter go. And that remember that. When you feel like you've messed up so bad, Jesus ain't going to let you go. He ain't going to let you go. Cause see, we all have our, we all deny Jesus in some form. We all have our way that we disappoint him. We all have, and we're all getting better. So I I don't say that as a put down, but we all have areas where maybe we're a little ashamed of the gospel. Maybe we're not as vocal. We're not as bold, but he's, he's sharpening us all up. This is salvation is a lifestyle. It's not, it's not when you walk down the aisle and give your life to Jesus, it ain't over. We go from glory to glory. So give yourself a break. Repent when you fall short. Repent when you mess up. And keep running. Keep running. Keep running. Okay, where I want to go next. I love it because he said, and go tell Peter. Okay, let's go to John 21. And we're talking about staying faithful to God. John 21. Let's see. And I'm almost done. I just want to encourage you. Stay faithful to God. Okay, John 21, and I'm going to read 3 through 22. Okay. I think I'm going to start in verse 2. Simon Peter. Simon, Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Canaan in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of the disciples. They were all together. They were just telling you who was all there. See, they're all waiting on Jesus. They went and got Peter, y'all. He's with them. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. 
they said to him, well, we're going to go with you also. Because that's the only time I remember them ever talking about fishing, you know, not since the first night he met Jesus. They went out and immediately got in the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus, hallelujah, stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know who it, that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered, no. And he said, cast the net to the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast, so they cast and now, so they cast and now they were not able to draw it because the multitude of fish. Therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. Now when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he had removed it and plunged into the sea. And I like this. First, the angel told them, go get Peter. Let him, let him know I'm alive and I'm coming to see you. And Peter, what did he do? He remembered where he first met him. And that's what we got to do. When you feel like you've messed up, nothing's going, go back to where you f- first visited him. Maybe it's worship. Maybe it's just praying in tongues for a while. But revisit that place where you first met the master. He will always show up. Always show up. That's what I like about Peter. He didn't forget where he came from. He didn't forget. Great. I got to get it. I'm sorry. And see, this is all of us. We all got some Peter on the inside of us. We're never that bad off. You just go back. Peter said, I've done a lot of things wrong, but I know one thing I can do right. I know how to fish. This is where Jesus found me. I'm going to go back to where he found me so he can find me again. And when he found him again, Jesus this time was standing on the shore waiting on him. And then when he saw him, he jumped out in the water and went to him. His Savior has saved him again. Amen. Let's give him a hand. His Savior saved him again. He went back to where he met him. There was Jesus, full of love that he talked to, taught Peter, Peter about, full of compassion. Just so welcoming. Jesus standing there with provision. They weren't depleted in any way. They weren't depleted in any way. And that's what Jesus does to us. You know, the devil likes to blackmail you when you do something wrong. But it ain't going to (laughs) work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So anyway, I'm going to keep reading. I don't even know where I left off. Let's see. Oh, when he plunged, when he jumped in that water, it got me. Because it's like, there he is. There's my Savior. There's my Master. He jumped in that water. He knew when he saw Jesus, he knew he was forgiven. Because you don't show up and save somebody that you don't want to spend no time with. He didn't handle him with a long-handled spoon. Forgiveness means you forget. 
forgiveness means that, you know, Catherine Kuhlman, one of the most powerful women evangelists, and they would talk about her all the time. And, you know, especially back in the 60s and the 70s, and her staff would say, how can you be so nice to the media and, and this and that? And they talk about you. And, and she said, you know what? When I see them, I just act like it never happened. And I ain't seen nobody yet walk in the magnitude of the glory that she walked in. You know, with so many people, uh, you know, when she would do her meetings, a lot of times she would have to leave through the kitchen because there was such a mob. They wanted to touch her and get to her. And she'd walk through the kitchen and go through the pantry area and they'd get slain in the sphere because the glory was still on her. Because she knew how to forgive. <laughs> and she knew where she came from. And she was always in the back. I think Roberts talks about it, Roberts Lee, and she was always in the back waiting on the Holy Spirit. She wouldn't go out if he wasn't with her. She wasn't a self-made woman. She was a Holy Ghost-made woman. And she knew that if he didn't show up, she wasn't having no meeting. She didn't forget where she came from. Stay faithful to God. Mistakes, she made them, yeah. Divorce, yeah, she had yeah, but she didn't forget where she came from. She walked in the glory. She stayed, her heart stayed humble to God. And he always showed up for her. He showed up for her. I just, God is just he's deep, man. He is deep. I'm just telling y'all what I'm learning. So, okay, so let's keep going. Did we read, uh, did we read? <laughs> okay, I went to I went to six fourteen. Okay, okay, yeah, I want to keep going. I want to keep going. That's it. Okay, so he Peter jumped in the water, but the other disciples came in in the little boat. They were not far from the land, but about two hundred cubits dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come in land, they saw a fire of coal there and fish laid on it. See, Jesus already had their food laid out for them. <laughs> he just let them get their miracle catch. <laughs> but he already had their food. That's why he said, y'all eat yet? Y'all got any breakfast? Just, uh, ain't nobody like him. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you've caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to land full of large fish, 153 and although there there were so many, the net was not broken. So not only did they have the miracle catch, the miracle, the, the Lord fortified the net. The net didn't even break. I mean, just supernatural power, just glory all over. Glory was in the net of the, the fish net. Jesus said to them, come and eat, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? See, Peter knew who he was. John, the one who he leaned his head on all the time, he knew who he was. No, but they didn't ask who he was, knowing it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them, and likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. And when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to them, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. 
He's asking all of us the same question too, y'all. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. And you know that I love you. And Jesus said to him, well, feed my sheep. In other words, I'm employing you, Peter. You're not fired. Do you love me? You ain't fired. Do you love me? I got work for you to do. Do you love me? I'm entrusting my lost sheep with you. Do you love me? I got work for you to do. See, you died when I died. And now the new Peter is resurrected now. Do you love me? You ready to work for me? Most assuredly, I say to you, when you're younger, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. See, he told Peter what his future was going to look like and that his future may not be all that pleasant. Why would he tell him that? Because he knew Peter was already sold out to him. He knew Peter would do anything he wanted him to do. It was no more denying him. He knew he could tell Peter, your future is not going to be that easy. But but you're going to feed my lamb. You'll be employed by me. I'll be waiting on you when you get to heaven. See, he could now he could tell Peter what his future was going to look like because he knew Peter was totally sold out. No more denying. No more betrayal. I love it. Then it's, then this saying when I'm, let me see, wait a minute. Okay, let me see where else I want to go. Where else I want to go? Yeah, down to 22. There is a, I was something else I wanted to read here. I don't know if it's in here. 22. Uh, but anyway, it was, uh, Okay, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna go on and read 23. Then this saying went out among the brethren that his disciples would not die. Yet Jesus did not say that to him, that he would not die, but if I will, that, he, but if he would remain, okay, let me see. Thank you, thank you, cause I was like, I done missed something. Thank you, Shannon. I thought it's like, I know where I'm going, but I don't see where I need to start. Then Peter turned, okay, yes, okay, so this is where Jesus, Jesus told Peter, <laughs> this is what your future going to look like. Follow me. Peter was already sold out. He knew he could trust Peter. He knew Peter was going to do everything on his assignment. Then there's that Peter that we all know. That Peter that's a part of all of us. Verse 20. Then Peter turning around saw the disciples whom Jesus loved following who also had leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? I guess Peter said, I'm going to have a hard life. What, what, what's going to happen with him? What he going to be doing? What his, what's his story? What his future look like? Jesus said to him, if I will that he remain till I come, what does that have to do with you? You follow me and that's 
what Jesus is telling all of us. Stay faithful to me. Quit looking to your left. Quit looking to your right. Quit trying to line your life up with somebody else's. Follow Jesus. Your life is custom made and custom designed to only please you. The grass ain't greener on the other side. Because when you get to the other side, you see they weeds and they brown spots. Amen. So you don't look to the left or to the right. Stay focused on Jesus. Don't look around who ain't here, who at home. You follow God. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. He'll never leave you and he will never forsake you. Stay faithful to God. Peter stayed faithful. Peter was targeted. It wasn't about catching fish that night. It was about catching Peter. He caught Peter. Peter has honorable mention in the Bible. His revelations of Jesus Christ will stand forever. He got that revelation. What is it? First Peter, he says, we were healed. Peter got that revelation. Because that was the first miracle he saw. He wasn't even a disciple yet. Peter was just, he in the synagogue, being nosy like everybody else. Who is this man? He got all this authority. And then he went up to Jesus and said, hey, can you come home with me? Can you heal my mother-in-law? And obviously Jesus said, yeah, he showed up. She, he showed up. She got healed. She got up. So that he got a revelation of Jesus, the healer, before he even started following him. So Peter, he a bad boy in a good way. With all his flaws, like us, we bad girls in a good way. We marked for his greatness. We're marked for victory. Don't look around. Don't let the empty seats trip you up. Stay focused. Keep your nose to the grind. What makes a good sharpshooter, they're not distracted. When a sharpshooter got his gun and he, he locked on you, you're done. You're done. And that's how we are. We're sharpshooters. Lock in. Don't be distracted. Go for the gusto. He wants to make all of us fishermen. We're fishing souls. Hell was not created for our neighbors, our loved ones, or strangers. Hell was created for Satan and all of his cohorts. Lock in. Our future is so broad. It's so bright. It's so full of glory. Your past mistakes are just that past mistakes that's not who we are that's not who we are amen stay faithful to god that's it (laughs) amen thank you jesus hallelujah thank you jesus well father we worship you we honor you Lord, we just thank you for everything that you've done for us. And Lord, we repent of our sins. Everything that we've made bigger than your word, we ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. And Lord, we say yes to you. Yes. Everybody say yes. 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 Yes, Lord, we will follow you. Yes, Lord, we will live the crucified life. Yes, we will live. We will do everything that you called us to do. The answer is yes. Lord, we thank you for your blood. We thank you that we're forgiven. We thank you that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. All things are new. So, Lord, we will walk in the newness of life. 
And we honor you. We walk without shame. We walk without defeat. We walk without failure because you are with us. You've given us the keys to the kingdom. And whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loosed in heaven. You've given us power and authority over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We will lay hands on the sick and we'll see them recover. We will cast out devils. We will speak in new tongues. And if we eat or drink any deadly thing, it cannot harm us. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for kingdom privileges. We thank you for the authority that you've delegated to us, that we can use your name to annihilate every work of hell. And we thank you for that privilege. We will not abuse our authority, but we will know who we are and we'll walk in it. And Satan, I bind you and I break your power right now in the name of Jesus. I command you to restore back sevenfold all that you've stolen from God's people. I command you to restore all that you've stolen in the way of their health, their finances, their family. I call it back today. Nothing missing, nothing broken. In Jesus' name, we honor you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's make our declaration. I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. Father, we thank you that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you.